EOTM Radio. Entrepreneurs on the moon. Reshaping life for a better tomorrow. Absolutely. 2013. Absolutely. Talk about that a little bit. 
Yes, well, you know, Ms. Parker, we've been before um, to the ATL Hottest Entertainment Awards, and um, I've been nominated several times um, each year since 2010 for my music. Um, and then last year we got our first nomination for the Stephen Knight Show, and we actually won the award for Hottest Internet Radio Show. But last night I found out I was getting nominated for um, Hottest Male Vocalist and um, Hottest Rising Superstar. And then the Stephen Knight Show, we got nominated again for Hottest Internet Radio Show. So I encourage everybody to go to hottestatl.com, and there's a link where you can vote. Vote for me, vote for the Stephen Knight Show, and uh, we definitely appreciate your support as always. But I want to congratulate um, our team for getting another nomination. So congratulations. That's exciting news. Yeah. Absolutely. And the awards are, and it has the date the awards will be held. I believe it's in November. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll provide more information on that. But so yeah, shout out to Passkey Entertainment for recognizing us for our hard work. So all absolutely. Right. Yeah, I only got to see one movie this weekend. Um, I was invited to come go to uh, Fashion Week in New York City. Um, one of the closing events is Uptown Fashion Show. Um, it's pretty exciting. It's my first time ever going to a fashion show in New York City. I've been to a lot of fashion shows, but never fashion week in New York City, so that was pretty exciting. Yeah. That's yeah. great. I saw pictures. I saw pictures. I thought you were, you were stepping, you weren't playing? Oh, no, no. I don't play when I step out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I only saw one movie. It's, of course, the number one movie in the country, Insidious 2, um, which is the sequel to Insidious. Uh, basically, it's about um, a haunting of a person not set a house, as we talked about in previous movies, where an act particular person can be haunted. And this movie struck a chord with me just simply because when I saw the first movie, it took me back to my childhood in the sense that the characters in the movie, when they're sleeping, they do something called astroplaning where they actually leave their body and they float about. Sound me strange, but I, I used to actually do that as a kid. So I felt directly connected to this movie because it was based on a true story, and I had no idea. I thought it was a dream state of mine. I had no idea that this was an actual thing that people did, and it was so surreal to me. So I've become married to the franchise now. So Insidious 2 is out, and it picks up right where the first one left off. And it's just as thrilling and exciting and entertaining and also educational as the first one. So if you're into the horror genre, um, and, and you don't necessarily need to be into the horror genre, it's also suspenseful because there is a mystery that plays out with this as well. Um, they do leave um, hints that there will be another chapter, so stay tuned for that. But, you know, it is the number one movie in the country. Why well, take my word for it, but I do give it the thumbs up. <laughs> All right. Anything All right. Coming, on, coming up with uh, conversations? Oh, yeah. I, I have so much stuff under my belt that I completed already that I just have to edit and get it out there. Um, my interview with Monifa, you know, she's a friend to the show. Mm-hmm. And you guys remember how much energy she had on the show, right? And how oh, yeah, her interview great. was. She, she was great. that and more in person. Like, she is really who uh-huh. she says she is. And that was so, like, heart- heartwarming to me. And the fact that, you know, I've had banter with her, you know, since we did the show, and mm-hmm. I can basically consider her a friend at this point. She's so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, Monifa, 
I did the, the NAB Femme Women Who Jam. We had them on the show. I actually attended the event. I have footage from that that I need to get up and out. And, of course, the uh, Uptown Fashion Show footage that I need to get okay. up and out. So, I'm well, that's great. You yeah. Making moves, making moves. Awesome work as always. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, Chicken. Well, as always, we thank you. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week, okay? Absolutely. Take care. All right. Hey, Ron. What's going on? What's up? What's up, man? Miss Parker, Mr. Knight, where, where is my razor, man? Hey, Ron <laughs> talked on Facebook about his raise for getting uh, nominations. <laughs> you know, from these awards and getting, getting these nominations. I won't see. <laughs> right, Miss Parker, we need our raise. TK, we talk about that offline. <laughs> okay, all right. about that offline. Well, look, I know right, it's an exciting right. weekend, a exciting weekend in sports. Uh, well, first, let me, before we go on to that, uh, Aaron, you're in DC. Um, what has been the move, you know, with all the shoot, with the shooting and everything? Well, um, everything was well, not everything, but um, many of of the um, local schools that are uh, right around that um, area were actually on lockdown all all day. Um, some of the um, streets that are near there were um, shut down, of course. Um, expressway that um, that actually crosses um, right next to the um, Navy Yard over there was um, closed. Mm-hmm. Base baseball game was canceled. Um they're they're actually doing a um a um double header tomorrow, Braves versus the um Nat Nationals. So um yeah, Braves fans, um y'all gonna get that beat down twice tomorrow and in the road back to back. Go Nets. Um but yeah it was it was it was just it was it was weird. It was just really weird. Like you wouldn't expect to have a a, a mass shooting in D.C. because I don't know if you all know or not, but Washington people cannot buy guns in D.C. There are no gun shops in D.C. You you cannot sell a gun in D.C. at all. So to pretty much hear that um that 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 there's a, a mass shooting, especially in a government um, building, i.e. the Navy Yard. It was it, it 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 was just weird. It was just really, really weird. Just eerie. Well you know really we know what's so interesting about this is that um, you know, he is a he was a contractor for the Navy. And um you know and on two separate occasions, I believe in two thousand eight, two thousand ten, he got charges against him for gun related issues. In two thousand ten wow. he was he was um he was uh I forget what it was called, what basically he was Kicked out of the Navy, you know, um, right. and so the fact that he could just walk in to on base today uh, with his ID carrying those weapons, you know, everyone asking questions, well, how did that happen? Um, but you know, his friends, he's from Florida. His friends in Florida said that they were all shocked to hear that. You know, he was he, he didn't come off as a uh, you know angry angry person. Um, he told his friends that he left the Navy because he didn't like getting up early in the morning, but that wasn't that third case. Um, so right. it's just it's just crazy. But uh, yeah, background well, checks, background checks. We need mm-hmm. background checks. We need universal background checks. Uh, I I don't know how many more people have to be murdered 
innocent people doing doing nothing but going to work. I yeah. don't get it. I don't know how many more people need to be killed before our government decides to finally not to to be. I was going to say a word to be scared to um, stop being scared of a um, of a what the NRA. I mean, gosh, people, come on. Enough is enough. Yeah. I get it. It's all about money. It's money. It's money. It's money. But I'm I'm just tired of just every seems, seems like every time that I turn on the um, TV now, there's mass shootings here. It's it's right. becoming kind of I'm kind of getting numb to it now. It's like okay, it's another one. Nothing's Another going shooting. to change. Right. Another shooting. Yeah. Nothing's going to happen. They'll um they'll um talk a um good game for like a couple of days. You know, oh we need gun reform. We need we need change, and then nothing happens. So it's sad, but nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to want to change 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 about it. You know, kids can't get killed in in the cities. Nothing happens. People can't get killed. And Navy, you know, in the Navy Yard, nothing happens. People can't get killed in schools. You know, nothing, nothing happens. Movie theaters, nothing happens. So, you know. It's horrible. Yes. Anyway, I, let's switch directions. I know it was a exciting weekend in sports. Do you want to talk about it? Uh, yeah. Oh, man, where can I start? Alabama still number one in the land. They, but that was a good game, man. Texas A and M boy, they showed up. Texas A and M definitely showed up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They they actually um, had the lead though at uh, one time. Texas A and M did. Um, Bama came came back, fought back, and um, won the game. Shows show why they're the number one team in the country for a reason. Uh, let's see, Ohio State. Wasn't even close. They beat Cal. Yay. Um that's pretty much it as as far as with college um football. My team won, which is the Mountain. I think they did. Let me let me make sure I don't want to assume. I think they did. Anyway, I'ma say that they did. Yay. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. Football Sunday NFL. Let's talk about that. Falcons, great win, great win. Uh, they they kind of, I thought they were about to mess up, though, but they held off and won. They had like a 21-point lead at one time and ended up just winning by um, seven. So, But oh, a win is a win. So, yay, Falcons. Redskins, man, we lost again. Oh, man. <laughs> Redskins, Redskins. Can I give my um, my – my take on on this whole Robert Griffin the third drama that's going on really quick. Um, I feel that they are that they are setting him up to fail. I feel that um, they brought him back too too soon. He had pretty much no no um, training camp, no 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 preseason, nothing. And it's funny that. You expect this man to perform at a superstar level, but yet he had no no preseason to right. um, train con- condition. But but on the first game of the season, bam! You you expect him to play like Robert Griffin of last year before the um, injury to to his knee. It's not going to happen, and and it's and it's and it's showing. 
he, if I was the coach, which I'm not, but if I was the coach, I would have had Kirk Cousins starting the first game of the season, man, maybe even the uh, second game of the season. Have RG3 start the practice, get him practicing, get him, um, see how how he um, he can actually play, you know, um, in almost like a game time situation. Have him actually out there playing, getting getting I don't want to say hit, but just getting some uh, pressure on him. And then back in, in the practice and things, yeah. And then bring, maybe bring them in the second quarter or something of the second game, or bring them in in the in, in the third game. But just putting him out there day one, here you go, good luck. I just, you know, and then people are you know scratching th- their heads why why he's not playing you know at at his at his peak or whatever or at his best, and why the team isn't winning. Well, that's why because he's not right. ready. Ready. And he looks like he's still – he doesn't look like he's 100% healed. I'm sorry. He doesn't look like it. He does not look like he is really like comfortable. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, all right, moving on. Um, the Ravens won. Yay. Oh, the Peyton Manning, Eli Manning showdown last night. Man, Peyton Manning is – that's why, to me, he is the best quarterback in the league. Hands down, Peyton Manning is all that he put it on little brother Eli. It it was embarrassing. It, it was it, it was bad. Um, Denver mm-hmm. won. Needless to say, uh, the San Francisco Forty ers game with the um, Seattle Seahawks. Ah, that game, the the whole rain was kind of weird. Um, anyway, it was it, it turned out to be a very um, boring game. At the beginning, I don't even know who actually won that game because I actually turned. Um, anyway, whoever won that won it, cool. And I wanted to talk about the fight. Did you see the fight? Yes, we did. Miss Park went to a fight party. Oh, uh, man, what was up with, with Justin Bieber, man? Really? Why? I mean, everyone was talking about that. Like, it was so random. But apparently that's the second time he's he's been with Mayweather. It's the second time uh, he's he showed up. What's up with that? I mean, what? Well, you know, Mayweather's a businessman, so thinking was is he trying to get a younger generation of fans? You know, <laughs> uh, who knows? He's gonna have. He's gonna have. Um, on one side. He's gonna win on one side. Justin Bieber on the other. <laughs> yeah, true, true. But I'm like, okay, next it'll be Mo- Molly Cyrus. Next, the next fight. Yeah, it's right, it's right, right. to me. Justin Bieber just looked very uh, comfortable. It looked like he was like trying too hard to be yeah. cool and down and all this. It threw me off. It threw me off. And the fight itself was kind of whack to me. Um, there's a lot of people that um, sniff Floyd's draws for some reason on Twitter. You know, everybody's oh yeah, Floyd to me. Oh, they love him. I'm like, damn, get off his nut. Anyway. Yo, that's it. I'm I'm, I'm not going to say too much more because I might end up, you know, saying something crazy. Anyway, yo, I think, follow I think me on Facebook. You're not a fan Go of Mayweather? You know what, man? I give him props. He is a very good fighter. I can't take that away from him. He's talented. I'm, I'm, I, I, am, I am not a hater of talent, right. and he has talent. Some of the extra with it, I'm just not really big on like flash, right. like flash and dash and doing extra and all that. That's just not my thing. Um, right. More power to him, and if that makes him more money, 
more power to him. But for me personally, it's not my taste. So I I pass on that. That's not my thing. So yeah, I didn't I, I didn't care for the um Lil Wayne Justin Bieber intro thing. It's just a bit much. But but <laughs> the fans love it. The fans love it. People buy it. love it. That's and that's all that matters. He's making the money. Good for him. So anyway, but yeah, so that's pretty much it, man. In in the world of sports for for this week, yo, check me out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Aaron Cosby. That's A R O N Cosby, like Bill. And I want to give a shout out also really really quickly to my cousin Tina, who came in town this weekend. Uh, we had a great time. Um, it was great just hanging out with her and, and, and catching up and just want to let her know that I appreciate it, love her, and that's it. Shout out oh, to Tina. And one more shout out. And then one more shout out to my um, cousins, Joshua and Jeremy. They are seniors at uh, Wofford College. They're on the football team. Wofford College, yes, that's what's up. Um, uh-huh. And I'm proud of them and keep up and keep up the, the good work, and I'm out. And Janaris, all yours, baby. Jair's actually not here tonight. Thanks, everyone. Jair's not on board tonight, but um, you can go to BuddyShopaholic.com for her um, Janaris gems. Uh, Ms. Parker, before we go into uh, entertainment news, you posted a question this morning. I thought it was very interesting. Um, and we actually posted it on the on the Stephen I Show page. And I posted it on Facebook um, about jobs. What, what was your what What made you think of that question? Okay. <laughs> she sleeps on her job. Her question was, who has a dream job? And she said, don't think too much about it, but who is the first person that comes to mind? And uh, we had some very I'm so sorry. I've been on this entire time <laughs> just talking. <laughs> tell us what, tell I was about wondering why y'all was talking over me. I'm like, I was trying to talk to a <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> so um, what makes you think of question? You know, I wake up every morning, and I used to be one of those people who hated going to work and dread a Monday morning, and, and I'm just so blessed I don't have that feeling anymore. But right. I know, and so many posts, and one of my girlfriends was posting all these uh, funny pictures on Instagram about, you know, crying because it's Monday and all that stuff. Uh-huh. So I was just wondering what would it take for people not to really complain about their job. Like if you had the right. perfect job or whatever you feel like right now where you are, what would be your perfect job, or who had your perfect job? Like, there's always one person you're like, well, if, that, if I had that job, I wouldn't complain. So right. I was just wondering what people, who they looked up to as far as, you know, having the perfect job or the job that they would want to get up on a Monday morning and go to. They wouldn't um, mind going to work, yeah. They wouldn't mind going to. I don't mind my job now. I don't wake up with that dreadful feel, feeling anymore. Um, thank God. I think that's truly a blessing. But I have been there for years. So, right. but if I had to choose someone, you know, of course I wanted to choose the Oprah's and Michael Moore's. Those are definitely people I look up to because I'm into, into social activism and, um, and, and I think that they've made great changes. But, mm-hmm. and, you know, Maya Angelou's and all that. But really, if I really just want to be honest and, you know, and, and just real myself, it would be right. Anthony Bourdain. Because I watch his shows, I've been following him for years. Yeah, and yeah. You know, I want to be a chef, but I want to. I love the fact that he travels mm-hmm. and he travels all these 
different weird countries and places and cities and try all this different food. But most of all, he's, like, experiencing people's culture through their food. So I think that's really right. awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would be my dream. That would be my dream job or the person that I was like, wow, if I had that job, life would be awesome. That would be your job. We got some really good responses. Well, some people they didn't really read the question right, but some people like um, someone put they will be a sports anchor or entertainment news anchor. Um, Crystal Clark said, "Hold a, a code, code. She's on a Today Show, and she says she gets to hang out with her best friend every day." Oh, yeah, hold up, hold up. Yeah, yeah, they they, they be get on it. Her and Kathy be getting drunk. <laughs> they be getting right on air. She says she gets to hang yeah. out with her best friend every day. Having drinks while working and getting paid while gossiping, talking about the latest trends and news, and get paid pretty well, I should add. I can't. It can't get any better than that. Oh, and she doesn't have to be taken seriously either. <laughs> and then uh, Cordy had me crying. He said, "Bird, the bailiff of Judge Judy, hands down the best job ever. All he did oh, is yeah. read the, the case name, ask people to be quiet, and open the gate so people can leave and make millions." He gets to watch Judge Judy all day, which is something I have to do on my off time, thanks to my DVR. Um, I'm not sure if he makes millions, but I was like, huh, millions? That sounds like a lot. I know. Because you know Judge Judy. So I don't know. She makes a lot. I don't know if he makes that much, but someone put Andre Leon Talley. I don't know who that is. And then someone put Wendy Williams, so desired to be a talk show host. Um, But there were some interesting responses. Let me ask you all, before we go to commercial break, uh, Beyonce was performing, I believe it was last night overseas somewhere, and one of the fans, when she you know she went to go sing to the audience and she got like, grabbed her hand out, and one of the a male fan grabbed her and brought her to the, I mean, was bringing her to the crowd, and then of course her bodyguards came and you know restrained him and you know pushed her back on stage, and. So Beyonce, you know, you've seen her fall off the stairs, you say do all this stuff, and she always gets up and starts singing. And she did. She got up and started singing like a professional. But then she saw the bodyguard roughing up the guy, and she said, ho, 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 it's fine, it's fine. And then um, she said, it's okay. He, he just got excited. And then after the song was over, she went over and said, let me speak, and she shook his hand. Now, I thought that was a great way of handling it, but I was looking on YouTube, and the comments were, that she's not allowing him to be, uh, you know, he's not getting punishment for for assaulting her, and and that she's stupid for doing that. What what are your thoughts about that? No, I don't think so. I think that she she was there, so she probably, you know, she's in this situation all the time. So I think she handled it the right way. I think she knew that guy didn't mean he wasn't trying to harm her. He right. was excited right. and probably just trying to touch her. One of those fans are overzealous. I don't think he meant anything by it, and I think she handled it well. I think she, she the situation could have been a lot worse, and I think she really stepped in and handled it as a professional. So I'm I agree. I, I thought so, too. I thought that, you know, what, what else she supposed to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. She didn't want him to get hurt. Right, because her bodyguard, it, this could have turned into a huge media mess if that guy would have gotten hurt. You know, I, I hear about bodyguards getting, you know, Overprotective, hurting someone, celebrities mm-hmm. getting sued, more people could have gotten hurt. So she handled it well. You know, people always want to see more drama, and that's that's you know, everybody's gonna be negative, have some negative to say, but I think she handled it the right way. It's funny you you uh uh um tagged me in a <laughs> an Instagram post. Uh, that, that, oh, that, can I go into my entertainment, please? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. okay. 
that's part of it. Um, okay. So this entertainment, I want to talk about like social media and kind of like celebrities been going off this week. And I'm, I haven't really been big into like following celebrities and stuff on right. on social media. Like my Facebook, I don't have any celebrities that I follow except for the people we have on our shows. And right. so I recently started following a few celebrities on Instagram, and it's honestly been entertaining. But right. I'm trying to keep it very limited because I still want to be able to see, like, and connect with my friends, and I, I'm really right. on there to see their pictures and comment and see what's going on with them. So I don't want to get too over, exactly. overwhelmed my page with celebrity stuff. So uh-huh. I recently started following um, Sierra, uh, Rihanna, and a couple of other people. But mm-hmm. – I've been noticing recently that celebrities, I guess it's something new to me because I haven't, I've never been a celebrity follower. I think this has probably right. been going on for a while, but for me, I'm like all excited. Because okay. um, Gucci went off on Twitter about all the people he was messing with, he just pretty much lost it. And I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not on Twitter, but I went on there and saw the stuff that was going on with him. Then I read a lot of comments that go on with celebrities that have been on our shows on their pictures and their posts. CeCe Peniston recently went off on Facebook about. A picture she posted, this guy was really rude. He was like, yeah, you old, you look old. And he was just going in on her, on a picture that she posted. So what I right. understand is a lot of people follow celebrities if they don't like them. Be negative, a lot of people right, yeah, exactly. go out of their way to be rude and mean to celebrities. That, that's so weird uh-huh. to me. So these yeah. celebrities this week can get going back in on them. So <laughs> she, posted, she posted a status and said, you know what, just because I'm a celebrity doesn't mean you can say whatever you want to say to me. She was like, we're humans, we have feelings. She said, you can hide behind your computer, but it still ain't right. Right. So everyone supported her. And so I was, you know, just strolling through my Instagram a few minutes before the show started, and Sierra had posted the girl's picture that supposedly been bullying her on Twitter. But I, she didn't post the girl's Instagram name. So I was like, okay, so where is this girl, you know, talking about her? So somebody else posted underneath that on her Twitter page, the girl's always talking about her. She actually posted a picture of the girl on Instagram. <laughs> like, with thousands of people. Yes, Sierra. And she actually went in on the girl haircut and her bangs. The girl does look a mess. But it's just like, you know what, I I, don't, I I feel her. And, you know, people going in on Sierra right now because they're saying that when um, Rihanna did it to her, Rihanna, supposedly Rihanna and, and, and Sierra had a beef online. And they're yeah. saying that Sierra was scared to, scared to say something back to Rihanna, but she's not scared to say something back. But Rihanna, her, that's different. That's industry. That's more complex. Right. You know what I mean? That's, right, but yeah. you, you just a fan that signs up on somebody's pages going in on them. That's like, right. who does mm-hmm. that? So I'm glad Sierra's doing it for herself, but it's a mess online right now. It's just going back and forth. Well, just crazy. I saw, one, I saw one that was hilarious. Rihanna, uh, she posted a picture, you know, she always does. And um, this Indian girl wrote underneath, grow some hair. And Rihanna com- commented back, why? Your sister do it for me. Now run along. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that too. I saw that too. But it's like, I mean, you know, why, why be, if you're following somebody on on, on one of these, I'm thinking you somehow like them. I wouldn't follow somebody that I can't stand. Like, I wouldn't follow somebody that I couldn't stand. So, like, right. that's like following the Lakers or Kobe Bryant. Like, I know I probably wouldn't have anything positive to say. So, why would right. you, and it, that baffles me. Like, that's your whole purpose in life. Like, supposedly this girl is constantly going in on, on her on, on social media. Like, that's, None like, her whole life. She does it uh, all day. So, wow. Sierra got mad and just went in on her. But it's amazing how, like, these people are just 
they just sit around and just go in on people all day on on social media, and it's crazy. And I've seen it on you know a few pages, like you said. Uh, I was going to mention Rihanna, you know, going in on that girl, but she does oh, that yeah. often. But oh, girl, yeah, post, girl posted a picture of a girl. Let y'all know what she was like. You talking about me? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But people are going in on her on her for doing that, saying that you know she's she's um you know also a cyber bully as well, and she's you know. She's saying that it's not cool to be a cyber bully, but she's doing the same thing, and it's just it's just a mess. Yeah, so, wow. Kind of just what I wanted to mention for my uh, entertainment. <laughs> well, before we go to uh, break, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Arsenio Hall and Queen Latifah. They both have um, shows again back on, you know, uh, daytime. Well, Arsenio's nighttime, and Queen Latifah comes on about 6 o'clock. I didn't catch Queen Latifah's show, but I did uh, catch Arsenio's last week. His started last week. Her started this week. And Arsenio's show is really good. It was really good. It was just like his back in the day, you know. Um, okay. It was a really good show. And I, I wish both of them success. I like both of them. So shout out to Queen Latifah and Arsenio Hall. And uh, we'll be right back after this after this quick break. You're listening to The Stephen Knight Talk Show. On EOTM Radio. You're listening now. You're listening to the Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. The Stephen Knight Show, Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on EOTM Radio. Russian native Ayana Ivaliva, a.k.a. Jera Blues, began writing poems and songs at the age of 13. She also began acting and taking dance classes around that same time. As she got older, she would constantly perform in local nightclubs, successfully participating in national rap competitions, and collaborated with different hip-hop artists and Tartasin. In 2010, she recorded her first English song entitled Rooted to You, Less than a year later, she would go on to quit her job and dedicate herself fully to music. Last year's release, Soul Inspirer, a 10-track album that is currently available on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, and other digital retailers. Uh, other di- digital retailers. Please help me welcome to the show, Jared Blues. Welcome. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> how, you, how you doing? I'm doing Okay. Thank you. Thank you for all the kind words you put down about me. <laughs> oh, oh no, no, no. It was, it, you know, I was doing research on you, um, preparing for the show, and, you know, you've done a lot in a short amount of time, and, and, you know, I looked at some YouTube videos of you, very talented. So tell us about when you knew that you had this passion for music. Uh, repeat the question again? When did you have? When did you know you had this passion for music? Oh well, um, you know I've been dancing since my childhood, since I was four, and I never considered myself as a professional singer because I never went to school for it, and never really right. knew understand any uh, grammar, you know, any notes or anything. And I was just singing with my mom. I was participating in some local talent contests and stuff like that. I would sing here and there, but I never really took it seriously. I was always considering myself as a dancer. And then at a certain point, I started writing down some poems, some lyrics, some here and this and that. I actually started off as a a rapper. (laughs) 
I was laughing in Russian. And then um, there was a big competition in my hometown where I decided to participate, and it was like a last moment thing, and I was like, my friend asked me, would you like to? And I'm, oh, uh, okay, let's do it. And um, I participated, and a couple of months before that, I was trying to get myself a job as a dancer, uh, and I failed all the castings I went to. And I was like, I don't understand what's happening. Like, I've been dancing my whole life, and it always worked out for the best for me, and now it seems like all gone wrong, and I couldn't understand. And then this contest coming up, and I'm performing, I'm singing my song, and my friends dance with me, and we get the first place. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> wow. This can't be true. And then the following contest, I'm also participating, and again, we win. And I'm like, this is this is something new. But you got to be a fool not to realize when your life is pointing your face into exactly. what you're supposed to be doing. And yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm not dancing no more. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, isn't it? Interesting when you know you're good at something and then you put it out there at a higher level and you realize you're not as good as maybe you thought you were. And what you said, like you said, because I believe your hard work pointed you in the direction you're supposed to be in and you end up in music. Um, so you went on to record your first English song, Rooted to You. How was that experience? Um, I had a song, Vivi uh, Zakna. It's a Russian song. And it was one of my first songs that I recorded ever. And um, I, I, I was, um, I started doing music uh, nearby the group of rappers, and they kind of developed my taste in music. That's why my main influences are like hip hop artists like Lauryn Hill, Erykah Badu, things like that. So. I was very critical about what I'm recording and everything. And when we decided to, like, that I'm staying in New York and I'm going to live here and all my music is back home, I was like, I can't do this. I need music. But I couldn't make myself write anything uh, because I'm critical about what I'm saying. And I was trying to make it as pretty as it would sound in Russian, but it all came out really blank and really limited and not how I wanted people to receive the message that I'm trying to put in my songs. So it took me a while to, like, sit down and make myself write. I was uh, putting it somewhere, you know, in the back pocket. I'll get back to it when I get time, you know. And I constantly been pushing it away from me, but then someone just happened to tell me, like, if you can talk, you can probably write. And I'm like, whoa, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I just tried, and uh, it came out really nice. And um, that was the first song I recorded here, and I was happy about it. And so people were know, great. Did, mm-hmm. did you know mm-hmm. the English language when you were in Russia? Did you already know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started okay, studying okay. English when I was four years old. Okay, okay. Fortunately, I knew. It was so funny. I started writing uh, and reading in English approximately in the same time when I started uh, learning how to write and read and count in Russian. So I kind oh, of, wow. uh, I'm used to hearing, and that's why the pronunciation is fine, because I haven't been living in the States for a long, I've, I've only been here for like four years. And you so, would never know it talking to you. You never know it talking to you. <laughs> yeah. 
So I, I was uh, I went to school with uh, and the rest of my classmates didn't speak English and didn't know English and we had our first English class only like second year in school and I already could hardly speak and people were starting out learning the alphabet and I was like oh crap <laughs> wow okay great and wow. uh, so it was, yeah and I was always lazy in in classes of English because everybody was kind of behind me so I was trying to uh, learn from music from movies from cartoons just by listening to the bad translations you know when they uh, the translation is not word to word when it's a little behind uh, what people are saying you kind of catch the word right. and then it's like okay right. <laughs> and this is how you learn the phrase and we've had a bunch of those <laughs> wow wow that's interesting well, I know after after you released "Rooted to You," um, recorded "Rooted to You," less than a year later, you quit your job, dedicated yourself to music. What what gave you the courage to do that? Um, I'm um, you know, if I'll be strictly honest with you, I always when I work any kind of job, I feel like I'm wasting my time. Most of the mm. time, I'm just I feel like this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Like right. Um, and it's very hard for me to keep one job for a long time. So, um the only so place the only place where I feel hundred percent comfortable and happy and accomplished is a stage. A stage or a studio or when I'm writing. This is the only things that give me that feeling that I'm doing something right and I'm um fulfilling the purpose or whatever. And Every time when I work somewhere, I feel like I have, whatever, six, seven hours of my life that I'm throwing out the window because I'm not going right. to learn anything that I need. I'm not going to do nothing useful, you know. Because switching the jobs, when you move over here, you don't have that much of a choice. And I graduated from school in Russia, so my diploma is not accountable here. I have to go to school again for like a year or another year to get a degree in here so to get a good job. And I'm not really happy about the degree I got in home and I'm I'm a manager for international tourism and uh um probably never gonna work in the tourism industry. Uh. And so yeah, it was just a decision that I want to dedicate, dedicate most of my time to the music. I wouldn't say that I don't work now. You have to work. I did dedicate right. myself back then, but then you have to start working again because the music is very hard industry to feed, yeah. and you have to always constantly in, investing your time, your energy, and the money in it in different yeah. promotions and uh, merchandise and all kinds of stuff. That's why yeah. you have to work anyway. You can't run away from it unless you make it and you make your money off the music. Uh, but it takes time. It takes a it lot takes of time. time. That's right. Well, tell us about Soul Inspirer. Tell us about that project. You can't. You released it last year, 10-track album. Tell mm-hmm. us about it. Uh, well, um, actually, I did release it. I released it on my own. I put it through the information. They have really good packages over there with the distribution and all major retailers. Right. And uh, I did release it on my own in December. But then uh, a couple of months later, uh, Monarchy Records, actually Spectrum Music Group, uh, contacted me, and they were interested in the music that I have, and they decided to sign me with this album. Oh wow! Like a publishing 
for licensing, yeah. And uh, right. so right now I took it out of all the retailers, and it will be re-released under Marquee Records uh, in the next couple of weeks, and oh. uh, or a couple of months. Well, it depends. And uh, so yeah, it will start over, and we'll make a new program. It will be um, global distribution. Repackaging. So, yeah. So. so, so- are you, so what are your thoughts about I mean, I obviously congratulations on the deal and what are your thoughts about relaunching this project in a bigger market? Yes, I'm very excited about this. I've always yeah. wanted to I've always wanted to go to Europe to bring my music to Europe because uh, I'm crazy about like British uh, market, you know, and I would love to go on tour somewhere towards this. I'm sorry for the noise. There's always a bunch of people in my house, and oh, there's like a hundred different people in my house right now, and I'm hiding in the bathroom talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we can't hear. We can't hear, so that's a good thing. Well, tell us about the inspiration behind the project, the music. You know, what was, what was your process in recording it? How long did it take? Um, well, it's inspiration, you know, from the first song from um, – Rooted to You, then to Keeping Me High, then to Follow Me, and all these songs, you can kind of track the growth, that um, like personal growth and uh, skills and everything from the starting point up to the last track. And the last track was recorded from this album. I think it was uh, Mirror. It's a drum and bass song. Um and right now, when the album will be released, I'm adding one more song to this album. And you can kind of track how much I've grown and I've learned and how my lyrics changed and my life perception and everything. And if I started off writing songs about love and about being heartbroken and about all these kind of things, you know, and um because my influences are soul music and blues music, and that's what they're talking about, you know, right. mainly. But right now, I'm moving towards uh, drum and bass music. Um, I love soul and hip-hop, and I will always uh, have something of that in my music and the way I sing. But um, right now, uh, what I love about drum and bass music is that if you listen to the vocal drum and bass, the lyrics, most of the time are very inspiring and they are not just about love. They're about life. They're about uh, something brighter, you know, something more uh, wide and more, I don't know, full, I I feel like. Always listening to drum and bass, I uh, feel very inspired and very energized and nourished, I don't know. (laughs) And that's why I like... Right now, um, everything, all the songs that I'm writing, I'm putting a message, and I hope because I know how music influences people, and especially right. music that goes massive, and uh, if and not if once you know once I'm gonna make it uh, worldwide and global, once somebody hears my song on like a major radio station or of the MTV. And they will remember the hook, and they will go on and repeat it. I want it to mean to mean something, you know. I want it to be meaningful, and I want people to repeat something that will change their life in a good direction, rather than they will repeat on something that is now on a radio station that I'm not listening to, you know. And I, I would want, I would never want to sing something like this. 
it's very important right. to me what I'm saying in my music. How Absolutely. am I going to influence people? Who are going to listen to my music? What are they going to take yeah. out of it? Whether are they going to feel it or not? And, you know, I've received a response from uh, different countries, actually. I have uh, a friend in Germany uh, who uh, was supporting my music on SoundCloud, and he was contacting me, and he was like, he's a great guy, and hopefully we'll collaborate with him. I have a few people in Russia who are contacting me, and some people are contacting me and being like, I was so depressed, and I couldn't finish my book that I'm re, uh, trying to write for the past two years, but then I listened to this song, and in the middle of the song, something strikes me right in the head, and I'm now finishing it. And I'm like, oh, wow. wow. I'm so grateful to hear things like this, and this is yeah. what it's all about. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Well, listen, Gerald, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. You know, I wish you nothing but success. We'll be listening to some of your music in our next um, half hour in our playlist. But continue success to us. You have to come back on when the album is, is out there so we can promote it, okay? All right. And I would, if I have a chance to say something to add, I, um, I'm right now working on a new project. It's called Satori. It's a live drum and bass band, and uh, we've started to perform recently. And uh, our first big performance was last week at the Royal Artist Showcase in New York City. And wow. uh, we are going to record an EP soon, and it's going to be something really different from what you hear right now. And uh, wow. live drum and bass bands are very rare, and it used to be more, but right now it's not so much, so I'm hoping that you are going to like it. And it's something uh, different, for sure. <laughs> well, we can't wait to hear it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so so much. And you can already, we, we already made the Facebook page and everything, so we are in contact with the people, and we're put out the songs really, really soon. Well, that's great. That's really good, and I can't wait to hear the music. We'll definitely look you up on Facebook and and just thank you again for being on our show. For more information about Jared Blues, go to JaredBlues.com, J-E-R-R-R-A, Blues.com. Thank you again, yes, okay? Thank you so much. All right. We'll be right back with Mark Eisenhart. Okay. Have a good one. Bye-bye. You too. You're listening to The Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. You're listening now. You're listening to the Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. The Stephen Knight Show, Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on EOTMRadio.com. Many of you may remember Mark Eisenhardt, who had been on the show previously. Uh, if you remember, he uh, once lost 450, well, once weighed 455 pounds, but turned things around and came back, became a sought-after, uh, sponsored athlete, transformational speaker, actor, and spokesperson, garnering international publicity on TV, radio, film, print, and digital media. A native of Cleveland area, Mark's story is being adapted into a, for the screen by the uh, Synergy TV Network. Uh, the first series of three books will be out next, early next year, detailing his miraculous journey. Please help me welcome back to the show, Mark Eisenhardt. Welcome back. Mark. 
Thanks, thanks so much for having me on the show. It's good to be here again. Yes, thank you for coming back. I know a lot has, has happened since uh, the last time we spoke. Um, yeah, first of all, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. It's uh, There is a lot that's going on, and I'm actually back on Buckeye soil. I'm, as you mentioned, originally from northeastern Ohio. So um, I want to just say real quick before I forget that I, my heart goes out to the folks on the eastern seaboard today to their families and the people that suffered. I just want to express my condolences. Absolutely. Absolutely. My heart's with you on that one. So I know that you um, just finished wrapping a documentary. Tell us about that. Well, I, um, I was doing 60 days of outreach in Vancouver, British Columbia and San Diego and Portland and Seattle. And I got back to LA and was, invited to contribute to a feature-length documentary titled Why Am I So Fat, which is produced by Tony Hill. And I jumped at the chance to do it because it's very much in alignment with what I stand for and, you know, my own experience of weight loss and transformation. And so that's now in post-production. And it's a, it's a film that takes a good, hard look at the problem that we have in this country with obesity, with malnutrition, with the food supply. So there'll be some links up on my Facebook wall here very soon. It's going to have a great distribution model. So it'll be widely circulated. There'll be screenings in Los Angeles. And I'm just grateful that I was able to contribute to the film. It sounds exciting. I can't wait to see that. Now you have something uh, uh, repelling off of the W in Hollywood in October. What's that about? Well, as you know, I, um, might remember I used to be a paramedic firefighter in my 20s and 30s and I was a search and rescue man and um, taught technical rescue and I'm a climber mm-hmm. mountaineering is, as a sponsored athlete is my sport of choice so I jump at opportunities when I'm presented uh, with them to give back to the community so last summer I rappelled almost 500 feet off the Bancor Tower in Portland because it was a wow. publicity stunt covered by the news but also an opportunity to give back to a local nonprofit there. So in October, I'm going to rappel off the W on Hollywood Boulevard, which is a spire um, in West Hollywood, and it's to benefit the National Youth Recovery Foundation. I don't know if you guys remember, but during my rock bottom, I was also abusing drugs and alcohol and got cleaned up from that. So this is an opportunity for me to help raise funds and give back to and actually be a part of the mentoring and outreach program for uh, young men and women who are struggling with drug and alcohol abuse. So I'm really excited about that. There's a link up on my Facebook wall for anybody who's interested in helping me reach my fundraising goal. But it's an opportunity to give back to the community and help help some young men and women get back on their feet. Absolutely. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, and I know that you said um, this is in October. October. When in October is this? Uh, October 18th and 19th. It's a two-day event. Friday and Saturday. Okay, okay. Well, if you're definitely in the in the Hollywood area, check them out. Check them out. That's definitely a great cause. And then there's, I mean, there's so much going on with you. Involvement with films, chels, and eulogies for James. What's that? Yeah, thanks for asking. As you'll notice, there's a trend. There's a pattern forming here. There's a lot of um, strategic positioning going on between my acting career and my career as a spokesperson. So I have been cast in a supporting role in a film that starts filming here in late October, early November, 
in Portland, which is my second home. So I'm excited about being able to go back to the Northwest. Uh, I play uh, Father O'Flanagan, actually, a priest. But more wow. to the point, the, uh, the film is a film about death, about loss, about separation, and about connections. So it was the experience of watching my dad beat cancer to die of liver disease that caused my life to spin out of control and then was the catalyst for my transformation. And that, of course, resulted in separation prior to my dad's death, and that experience brought myself and brought me closer to my family and to my friends. So you'll notice a pattern there. I'm excited to be working again with Luis Garcia as a filmmaker out of the Northwest that I worked with a couple of years back on a film project. And then I've been cast in the lead role in a feature film uh, about childhood obesity called Chubbs. I play Coach McDowell, who's a PE teacher and a, uh, a coach. And so that's exciting, obviously a subject that's very near and dear to my heart. And the nice thing about not only do I get to play, carry the lead role in a feature film, but there's an outreach program in place. And by that I mean we're going to screen the film at after-school programs, YMCAs, boys and girls clubs. We're going to talk to kids and their parents about the benefits of healthy eating, body image, self-esteem. So you'll notice there's some real strategic placements coming up with what's going on with my acting career and my career as a spokesperson. I'm excited about it. I mean, and you're everywhere. Not only will we see you propelling off of the W uh, in documentaries and films, but also you did four magazines recently. Tell us about that. Well, thank you for saying that. You know, this, this, this goes so much beyond – my transformation, I was given a second chance, and I'm doing my best to right. put it to good right. use and to create for myself the life that I could have had and, and always knew was possible. And I moved to L.A. from northeastern Ohio because I knew I needed to get my A game on, and I knew it wasn't going to happen in the Midwest. So right. uh, yeah. more right. to the point around transformation and my, my career as a sponsored athlete, I am featured in four magazines this month in Muscle and Body Magazine, Kim Lyons from The Biggest Loser did a nice feature write-up on me in there, and there's some tips on everything from diet and training to some recipes. And I'm featured in Sweat Equity Magazine, which is a Canadian publication, which now has print circulation here at Barnes & Nobles and Books a Million in the States. And then a, uh, a feature spread in Super Raw Life Magazine, which is an independent lifestyle magazine for raw foodists and people on plant-based foods. And then I'm the featured Superman in the uh, September issue of Inspire Lifestyles magazine in the U.K. I'm on the cover, and there's a nice feature wow. in there in interviews. So it's a good month for me so far. <laughs> well, it, it sounds like it. Busy man. Now, I, I was uh, scrolling through your Facebook page, and I, and I saw that you had your first uh, piece of meat in a long time. How, how was that? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was I was wondering if that was going to come up. I've had a lot of people ask me about that. So it was actually, it was okay. You know, I didn't get sick. I didn't um, get cramps. I wasn't didn't have any indigestion. There was a lot of people, including my server at the restaurant and the manager there, were a little concerned because, you know, I was vegan for a little over two years. And even right. when I wasn't vegan, I was vegetarian, I was pescatarian. So it's been probably close to three years or so, I think, since I've had meat. So you know, I, I was okay. I eased into it. I, I shot down a um, little bit of raw apple cider vinegar before um, I had it to get the digestive enzymes going. I didn't have my – I am an enzyme sponsor with Enzymedica, and I didn't have my usual enzymes with me, but I decided to go with it anyway. I consulted my nutritionist, and I was okay. So it was very tasty. I had um, 
I had grass-fed, uh, free-range bison burger on a gluten-free bun, and it was really tasty. And it, it you know, I, I, I got to be honest with you, I, I didn't miss meat up to that point, but I'm glad to have it back in my diet. I, I stopped, <laughs> I stopped efficiently recombinating um, plant-based proteins and some other protein sources that I was relying on. So my body is, is clearly demonstrating the need to have a little bit different uh, amino acid and a little bit different protein uh, profile. So I have officially gone paleo now. I had meat for the first wow. time, and I've got eggs and fish, and um, I feel great. Thanks for asking. Well, um, not only is your professional career taking off, you're doing all these wonderful things, I understand that um, your personal life is uh, is stepping up a little bit. Do you think you want to announce? Well, I, I, I will say this. Um, navigating the single scene in Los Angeles and in, in Hollywood, I actually live in East L.A., but just that part of town in general is a bit like tiptoeing through a landmine. Um, it's not fun. It's not pretty. Um, it's, uh, it definitely, I think that whole part of my life could be a separate reality show for sure. But, um, <laughs> I am doing some more dating. I, I am definitely on the radar and, but you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go on record as saying, cause I've reflected a lot on this as of late and, you know, dating is all well and good. It's a necessary part of it. Um, I've been really blessed and really grateful to meet a lot of wonderful women and spend time with them and, you know, these are women that would have been just hype dreams in my consciousness four years ago yeah. before my transformation, you know. I mean, these were women that I looked up to and, and thought, wow, maybe someday if I ever get my life together. But I've gone out with some actresses that have been in major motion pictures and figure models that have been in, you know, magazines and Maxim and a couple of Playboy centerfolds and a cyber girl. But wow. the bottom line is I'm still stagging it, ladies. What's going on? I mean, come on, I'm doing my best to get my A-game on. So, you know, here's the thing. I keep my energy focused on being Mr. Right, trusting that it will attract Miss Right. And I'm, right. I'm holding out for the best offer that I can. I'm, I'm not got no problem signing an exclusivity contract. It just hasn't come across <laughs> my desk yet. So, ladies, if you're listening, come on. What, what's going on out there? Yeah. <laughs> Throw me a phone, will you? <laughs> well, let me ask you, you know, you, you just talked about it's been four years uh, since your trans transformation. Yes. What, how do you feel personally? Just, you know, where you came from, you know, uh, uh, medical issues and whatnot, and now, you know, you're you're doing it. You're, you're in you know, TV, radio, film, print, digital media. How does that feel for you on a personal level? Well, I'm glad you asked because obviously being back in northeastern Ohio has given me an opportunity to sort of come full circle, you know, to walk the beat. I've gone to the house where I grew up and lived and the house where I was living at the time of my rock bottom and my transformation. I've had an opportunity to meet with some friends. I know there's a couple of them I'm listening. I want to give a real quick shout-out to my dear friend Jane. I love her to pieces. She's been with me every step of the way. and and to Melissa, and, you know, it's good to see, like, to get perspective on how those people see me, too, what they reflect back at me, because, right. you know, this started as a tiny little possibility in my consciousness, you know, four years ago and change, and then it became a vision board, and then it became me flying out and sort of doing a little recon of Portland and L.A., and then 
living in Portland and going down to L.A. for work and then getting enough work where I finally decided I need to be in L.A. So to answer your question, it feels great. It's still frustrating at times because there's so much competition down in L.A. There's so much talent. It's cutthroat. It is a different world down there, and everything happens very quickly. And I started very late in the game. But it feels great to have been able to come back to Ohio, share my experience with the people that matter the most, the people that are still my close friends, and to see my mom. You know, I went over to see her the other day, and uh, she's got my magazines that are in there. You know, she's proud. She's got pictures up. She's following all this stuff. She talks with her friends and her neighbors and the building that she lives in. And I need to see that because I'm pushing as hard as I can to do right. the best I can. And I need that perspective back at me reflected every once I in a while. And I've seen a few people tonight and they look at me and they're like, look at you, look at you. Like, yeah. You know, you're like, I'm a different person to them right now. They're like, my God, I didn't even recognize you. You know, you're, so I had somebody tell me the other day, I'm like, so L.A., now and not lower Akron, <laughs> they mean like Los Angeles. So right. it's nice to have that. It feels good and it's nice to have that perspective. Honestly, all that does is strengthen my resolve and just make me even hungrier for more, you know? Right. So does the fact that you have the support of, you know, friends that you had for years and obviously your family, is that what keeps you grounded as you continue to achieve success? Well, it, it definitely helps me to keep me grounded for sure, but like I said, it keeps me hungry because I've been doing my best to to design this trajectory and this architecture, if you will, to to put or keep Akron on the map, Northeastern Ohio, Cleveland on the map, to do it in a way that, you know, honors the life of my dad and the memory of my dad. Yeah. And it's Absolutely. it's great to have their support, but I'm doing this as best I can to make it it's more than me. It's bigger than me. It's about what I came right. through. It's about where I came from. And so, but it also does help to keep me a very, uh, to give me a grounding perspective too. So that's, yeah, that's a good intuition you have for sure. Absolutely. Well, listen, Mark, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. I'm so, I'm so glad that each time I talk to you, it's, it's bigger and better. It's, 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 it's well, thanks. all these great things coming to you. I think that's just, uh, a tribute to the work that you've put in that when you put when you put yourself out there, you put forth the work, you put forth the effort, you get you reap the benefits. And so I hope you continue to reap those benefits and I keep making us all proud. I will. Thank you so much. It's great to be back on the show. I enjoy following your career and it's good to be able to sort of this is I think the third or fourth interview. Hey, I'm gonna throw a curveball at you. What a lot of people don't know about me is I'm actually a performing artist and recording artist. I'm a bass player and keyboard player. So I want to just real quick shout out to Jared. Congratulations on your continued success. And if you want to change it up and need somebody to lay down some bass tracks on your next album or whatever, let me know because I actually started playing the bass in the seventh grade. I, I eventually want to get to the point where I've had enough success with my career as a spokesperson, as an actor, as a speaker that I can kind of, put on a different hat, get my rock star on a little bit, and do some recording. Oh, wow. You know? That'd be awesome. That would definitely yeah. be awesome. Yeah. Definitely be awesome. Well, listen, Mark, thanks as always. And uh, have yeah, a great night, you. okay? All right, peace out. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back after this with Stephen Plinley.
tell a friend. Yeah. 
Rob Marley, I ain't with the Molly shit. Represent my nigga, pay your hood. Bluff and Chris in the same building, it's all good. I'm looking at this pretty fine thing, rolling with a friend. Hoping I can make a mind change, jump inside my bed. Don't get it cracking. Conversation turn to plenty sexual frustration. Fuck faces, looking at her heart, did not be impatient. Oh, pull it out, you drink, you smoke, get a hit, get a hit. Fly high, not coach, keep high, sit back, I'm dry. Let me know, on the couch, on the bed, on the floor. They go, they win, it's a win. We go, we toast to the game. No game, we both really grown. I'm saying, you play, I mean, I dang. To my own beat, to the beat, lift up your hands. Drunk motherfuckers in the holding cell. <laughs> Thank 
that was Steven's playlist. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, that was a song, Tamar, All the Way Home. I love that song, by the way. Check out our album. It's in store. It's actually a good album. John Legend, too. His album is really good. I've been listening to those two over the last two weeks. So you want to give a shout-out to our guests tonight, Mark Eisenhart and Jaron uh, Blues. Definitely two people you want to look out for. They have some great stuff coming your way. Thank you all for listening tonight. Have a great week, and God bless.